I'm your host, The Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga, and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about Akamega Q. Following my this season's theme about anime introductions and introductions to different genres, I thought about it and actually it is the best course of action to actually introduce you to action anime but action is such a broad genre that I didn't actually have um, a really a good good point of of reference to action anime so I thought about it thought about it thought about it and then I eventually came to the conclusion that Akamega Q is for the most part the best introduction I can, I can actually muster right now because a lot of action anime I would use to introduce uh, the genre I already reviewed in the first season so I will not redo the review and also because Akamega Q is such an iconic let's say medium to minor anime in general in general because it is it is memorable uh, for a lot of things if you watch it once I can guarantee that you will remember it for a whole lot of time and but I will get to that eventually so first before I even start let's go f- with the disclaimers the disclaimer that I have already done the, about the the action thing and now spoiler alert as always I will try not to spoil everything everything because this anime uh, really the best experience is not to be spoiled outright although I I have to kind of spoil the things that happen for the re- for review purposes I believe that watching it uh, alone like without the um, previous knowledge of what will happen is better which is my first point that the first time you watch it it will be really good the second time will not be so good because you already know what will happen and uh, let's say that the magic is not there because the shock value is not there that being said uh, let me start with the stats so the um, Akamega Q was originally a manga written by Takahiro and illustrated by Tetsuya Tashiro. The original run was from March 2010 to December 2016. It has 15 volumes. I have not read the manga in a long time and for this review I will not be reviewing the manga but from what I remember it is about uh, 100 something chapters 120 maybe 140 I don't actually remember so and now for the for the anime the anime was done by studio white fox and sea station the music was done by taku iwasaki which notably has done a whole lot of 
music for the anime industry in general. And the the one uh, one show he has done music that I I have to shout out again, although nobody actually listened to that review is zero zero nine one. The the music in that show is awesome. The music in this show is also awesome. This time, outside from the jazz kind of themed, um, kind of city pop kind of deal, he has done some, let's say, orchestral slash opera songs with um, some rock um, included, which is really nice. So, the anime... Uh, the original run was from July 2014 to December 2014. It has 24 episodes, no OVAs. And so now this is the the first point of the review. You notice that the f- original run of the manga was from 2010 to 2016. And the anime was 2014-2014. So this is one of the cases. Not really... They're not rare. Uh, they are unusual. And at this point, in 2023, I think they are mostly extinct, I think. For the most part, yeah, for the most part. You could say Chainsaw Man is is coming out and it has not yet finished, but uh, the first season is only going to partake the first arc, which is actually finished, so there's no problem there. Anyways, that that's not the point. The thing is... The ending, let's say from the first 30% of the anime to the end, it is it has um, changed from the manga. So I think the author basically gave out what needed to be done, plus the director. I don't actually know how they decided such things, but um, easy to say the ending for the manga and the ending for the anime are quite different in some aspects for for instance right the things i remember from the manga the manga has if i'm not mistaken one or maybe two extra arcs until the end whereas the anime has one arc one let's say incision in the middle and then it finishes off and also a whole lot of happenings let's say not that they change order, but they are fairly altered in many ways. That being said, let's get actually to the review, really. This may become a, a short review, more or less, but uh, we'll see when we get there. So, why did I watch Akamega Q? Akamega Q is, I think, the first, It's a, as I already said, it's a f- really good first contact with uh, literal actual action anime I think it encapsulates the whole genre in a lot of ways and also because it is not only a basic anime in many ways but also if you start to actually analyze it it is a good intermediary to maybe um um more higher let's say higher standing in what i would call the more brutal side of the action animes so for instance this may be the gateway to raiding berserk i would say 
that being said, right? So let's talk the, about the first episode because the first episode is always done in a way that it has to give out the vibes of the whole show in a single episode and we have to they also have to really show off what they have because it is the first point of contact with us audience and i think for the most part akamega q is the best example of giving out the perfect vibes for the show in the most for the most part and so let's get to it so for for instance right before i even start akamega q in the title is a play on words because in japanese it's akamega kiru kiru is the english way to say q and also the verb to cut uh, akame which is the titular main protagonist let's say she with a sword so q kiru cut you you get it but it's a play on words but again for the first episode we first get to meet our let's say our point of view as audience that is Tatsumi, which is the main character in the show. For the most part, uh, Akame is in the title, but uh, Tatsumi is, let's say, our point of contact with her. Uh, much like Snake in Metal, Metal Gear Solid 2. But uh, not getting to that. The first episode starts with um, Tatsumi being a country boy coming to the capital of the Empire. And just to give out um, the setting, right? So it is kind of a fantasy land with um, guns somewhat, but most of the combat is done still with melee weapons. And so they have to kill special monsters and whatever. This will eventually... uh, I will get to that. So the thing is, right... Tatsumi goes into the capital to earn money to send back to his village and meet up with his friends. Uh, two friends from the, the start, there are these two friends that he has to meet up. And you get to see the first episode that he's pretty... <clears throat> not only, uh, let's say, a country bumpkin, but he's... He's really green, he's really naive, and he has not met um, a con man before, let's say. He has ne- never uh, never been swindled his whole life, he has never... He doesn't know what um, sarcasm is, even. And so, let's say, the, his first day in the capital is pretty rough. He tries to enlist himself into the army and gets booted out because he tries to show off and after that he gets his money stolen and basically that's for the most part that's the the first episode the there's this also the setting that um one guard at some point talks to him about that actually the whole government in the the kingdom the empire is corrupt that being said right so you can already guess what's going to happen at this point. We eventually will get to the corruption. Uh, but at this point, the first episode, um, Tatsumi has no money. He got swindled, after all. And 
when he's going to try to sleep on the street, a noble, a noble girl comes out and says, oh, come to me to my state and stay there and whatever. And so he goes there, meets her family and whatever. And until that point, it's all good and fun, right? Until uh, at night, when suddenly the state is attacked by this group called Night Raid, which for this first episode, they are a group of assassins that are, let's say, infatuated with the revolutionary army that uh, opposes the current government. And basically they assassinate high power figures and politicians and rich people and whatever. And so they, they say it's attacked, uh, Tatsumi tries to defend the girl and whatever. And then there comes the first, let's say the first twist. And, and this is the, um, the thing about the anime that really the first episode shows really well is that this anime is pretty gruesome in a lot of ways. It is really, really, really gruesome. Um, so, oh boy, I do actually think I can talk about it without the the YouTube bots and whatever getting this band. Ah, fuck it. So basically, the thing is right. So he tries to defend the girl and whatever until the this point that they get cornered. And the guys from Night Raid actually corner the girl and then Tatsumi's like, why are you doing this? And then they kick, they kick the door in one of the storerooms, I think they have. And when they, Tatsumi sees inside, uh, he basically changes for this po from that point on. Because he sees, and I can't actually uh, describe the whole scene, and for the most part the anime has um, let's say the sensor limitation of TV which they actually can't show but the, the manga does a better a way better let's say they they show way more because manga has that kind of free pads and this stuff uh, a whole lot of bodies hanging from the ceiling people apparently dead dead from starvation from torture and this whole messed up place and when Tatsumi actually looks inside there are the two friends that he was awaiting to meet in the city Yasu and I don't actually and Sayo Sayo is the girl one of them dead and one uh, near death so after and from this point on Tatsumi basically turns on the girl they talk a bit and then he 180 slashes her to death and one of uh, another thing i have to preface this anime is done in the uh, let's say the quentin tarantino school of cinema which is there's a lot of blood <laughs> a lot of blood but i digress uh, the thing is right so he killed uh, tatsumi kills the girl Let's say he takes his friend out of, out of the cell he was in, and then in his arms the friend dies, uh, a really painful death. And from this point on, that's me not really willingly, but he kind of um, is voluntold to join Night Raid, which is which is this let's say terrorist group, the assassin group that is infatuated with the Revolutionary Army. 
And so that's basically it for the first episode. And from this point on, we get like... I don't actually remember if there are two or three episodes of uh, basically uh, free willy, know the world, know the, the things around. But uh, let's just say the fourth episode is it's the first the first part, which is pretty messed up. But before I even continue, I have to address the the uh, let's say the power play in this anime. What what is the the powers the the whole stick about the f this fantasy world has to have magic, right? So this is in Nakamega Q, they have these, let's say, legendary weapons, more or less, that they call the Imperial, Imperial Arms, Imperial Weapons, Imperial Relics, I, I actually remember that. And they actually have the, um, let's say, the story goes that the first... When the first emperor was around, he basically realized, oh yes, I will die someday. And then he got together with the most skilled, the best craftsmen and researchers and whatever of the whole kingdom to make 48 magical weapons. Let's say they don't actually say magical, but special weapons that can have special abilities and whatever. And but for some reason, the, it turns out that 24 of them were lost at some point, and so there are only 24 left. I don't actually remember if this plays a plays a role in the manga. I think that they hard cap it so there would be only 24 um, wielders at some point, but um, in the Anime, it doesn't actually happen because, let's just say, they cut out a whole, a whole arc, maybe two, so a whole lot of people don't actually show up. But that's not the point. The thing is, right? So these imperial relics, they have all shapes and forms. They have all different powers and whatever. And and so basically, we get to meet from episode two to episode, I think it's four. Uh, we get to meet the main crew, Night Raid, and so we get to meet them. Uh, we get to meet Akame. Akame is basically the most senior of the assassins. Assassins. She wields the katana Murasame, which has this power of if if it if it cuts you, the there is this magical kind of demonic poison that goes inside your body and you are guaranteed to die in the next like 40 seconds with um, heart stop that's basically it also uh, just a, a quick note all they never actually say that but all the relics have hidden abilities that are basically the um, if i do this I, I will basically die which actually harkens back to the Something like this one song from Siphon Gear until the second season, but that's not the point. The thing is, uh, they have all different abilities and a hidden ability that basically means that the guy is going to die after they do it. Uh, so, Akame has the Murasame, which is a katana with the demonic poison. We get to meet Mine, which is the, the Tsundere. She wields a relic called Pumpkin. Pumpkin is... Basically a rifle, more or less. It's 
a modular weapon, modular firearm more or less. And it is uh, a really ambiguous kind of kind of thing because it basically senses when mine is in danger or close to dying and ups the the power output. So basically, um, in the normal state, mine will just use something like a sniper. And whenever she's in danger, she actually can invoke a power of basically laser weapon to disintegrate someone. That's basically it. So there is Lubok. Lubok is this guy which later on we get we get to know about the past of everyone eventually. But basically, Lubok is this. At some point, he was he was born rich. He lived with. Um, well off with his family until he met the the boss of the nitrate which I will talk about next and so he basically followed her from her tenure let's say as a imperial general until she defected to the Re revolutionary army and so next is the boss the boss and Lubok uses I don't actually remember the cross tails i think it, it was the the relic he uses it is basically he has infinite in the manga it's infinite the the anime it's not infinite it comes it comes up uh, basically he has this whole yawn of these special wires that actually are fur from a, a monster they are basically unbreakable wires and so Something like uh, the mono wire from Cyberpunk. I, I don't actually know. Thing is, uh, he does a whole lot of stuff with it. He does trapping armor and weapons and whatever. Next one. The um, we get to meet the boss. The boss is called Nagenda. She was at some point Imperial General, although she defected to the to the Revolutionary Army after she discovered the corruption inside the the government and is basically the chief of nitrate she doesn't actually uh, go on missions for like beating people up but uh, for assassinations also but um she's the boss eventually she gets to actually fight although she cannot fight because they don't actually talk about this in the in the anime i don't actually remember if they mentioned this in the manga but she's uh, after she suffered, I don't actually remember if it was an incident or whatever, she lost an arm and basically she does not have the fitness anymore to actual combat. Um, she doesn't have, at the beginning, a relic. Later on, it changes. Next one is uh, Shelly. Shelly is... Shelly in the anime is not really well presented, I don't think, because the the anime is really tight with his with his runtime, and they really don't actually develop much f many things. But Shelly is basically the an um, airhead. The only thing she does right is killing. She's clumsy and basically oh again an airhead but she when it comes down to killing she does it really well and the last person is let's say the most important one is 
Burato or Bullet. I don't actually know how they say this in English, which is an ex soldier for the army also, but not uh, related to an agenda. He basically is a buff dude, and then they actually uh, make a lot of jokes about it, but he's gay. <laughs> And, and that comes up a lot, but that the anime it is not really uh, shown off. It's just uh, something to poke fun at. And his relic is called Incursio. Incursio is basically the sword that summons a set of armor made from the remains of a legendary monster from long, long ago. And it can turn invisible and summon a, an extra weapon and a whole lot of stuff. So basically th those are the, the main characters that we get to meet. So now I can start talking about what happens then. So from episode 2 to episode 3 I think. Uh, basically nothing really really happens. The, the thing is uh, Tatsumi is basically integrating the group. So we get to meet everyone. And... Basically, he he gets to uh, stop being green, stop being naive, and actually knowing people, uh, living in the cap in the capital and whatever. And the thing about the first three episodes is that it is mostly wholesome and shows off a good, I would say, a good balance of action, I, I banter between the characters and the style of comedy the anime goes to, which is pretty okay, although ah, sometimes it's more funny, sometimes it's more goofy, sometimes it's more pretty dead fan jokes, but for the most part it's pretty good. Episode 4 though, and this is the, why I said Shelley is not uh, well introduced, I think it's episode 4, don't quote me on that, I may be wrong on, on the number, she dies. <laughs> And yeah, that, that's basically it. So at some point, uh, they are running into a, into a mission and doing stuff until they, uh, Shelly and mine are ambushed by uh, another relic wielder from the, at that point, I think it, she was at the police, Seriu. Uh, and Seriu wields the, she will become more important later, so I better introduce her now. Seiryu is one of, I think it's the only character with a surname, which I don't actually remember because her surname is ja, is ginormous. But the thing is, she has this really twisted notion about justice and what's right, what's wrong. She is really twisted and she's the... She's the one character I, from the whole anime, and this is just her. She actually has the evil guy look, the um, that Joker kind of thing. I I can't actually explain what it is. You have to see to believe it. But she's the only one which has this twisted evil guy villain face. But she always she thinks she's doing the right stuff and. And she's maniacal about it, so she goes through body modifications to basically insert 
guns and weapons in her arms. So basically, she cuts out her arms and basically implants guns and a lot of other stuff in her arms. At some point, it becomes kind of goofy because she cut that. I will talk about the the relic first because it's better to to explain. So her relic is one of the kind of they call the uh, living relic. It is basically um, they say it's living. It's more or less a um, cyborg, and her let's say cyborg heavy quotes on that is called Koro. It is a little dog, which is a, a pretty cute mascot at 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 first, but then when it it attacks, it can expand his body. Uh, so from even growing arms, it has no arms at the start uh, on his normal, let's say, standby form. But when attacking, he can uh, become big and buff, have arms, and the one of the things they do to really stylize the the threat, the menacing style, is the fact that it is it has the let's say shark tooth. And can actually gobble up anything really big. So it basically is, uh, it can basically vor anyone. <laughs> That's basically it. The thing is, what I, uh, I what I was trying to say about Serio's implants is that to, to change between uh, weapons, she actually has Koro bite her arm off to change weapons. And I don't actually know, and it never really comes up the explanation of why, but you gotta wonder. The fucking thing just devours her arm again, which at that point is mechanical, so she doesn't actually uh, feel any pain. But she goes through a lot of weapons and a lot of arms, and, and you just, what the hell? Anyways, that's not the point. The thing is, in episode 4, I think it's episode 4, Koro... Um, they are ambushed by Seryu, and then after they are ambushed, they kind of will get away, but a mind gets in danger. Shere goes to save her, and one second after saving her, Shere takes a bullet to the to the stomach. Koro wars half of her, and basically to say, Shere sacrifices herself to make mind escape. And so there's the first death. And in the anime, I would say it's not really, really, really shocking at this point. Because the manga also does this. This also happens in the manga. But I think the introduction in the manga is really better. Because it has more time to develop the character and whatever. Shelly is not really developed at that point. Her backstory is really not great. But I don't know. It's not really that shocking, but it's kind of shocking. And this this is the part where the enemy kind of starts to pick to pick up the pace. Uh, one of the things I have to say about this anime is that it is really, really, really rushed. If you blink it, you'll miss it. The whole thing is really rushed. They, they don't stop the plot at any point. There's no filler at all. It all it is always something to do with the revolution that is coming, with the resistance of the empire, and whatever. 
and it goes, 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 never stops. Really, it, it is really rushed because, and I don't actually know why, but I don't know if they needed to cram a lot of stuff. I don't actually remember the manga, so I can't really say if they crammed a lot of stuff, they cut a lot of stuff. Anyways, that's not the point. The thing is, next thing, right? So, so they get back to the HQ, everybody's is feeling bad because Shelly's died and whatever. And so we go a few episodes with um, Tatsumi going... Tatsumi, at this point, is the main character. We we get that. And he's going through a whole lot of... Not only... It's not really trauma. It is... He's trying to cope with the loss of his two friends and now Shelly, which at this point was um, emotional emotional hand to helping him to help him and basically the um, the thing that happens is that the he starts to really train hard and whatever and from this point on episode 8 a whole lot of stuff happens um we get introduced to what will be the let's say not the main antagonist but the better antagonist more or less of the whole show that is general as death general as death is um born uh, native uh, born sadist that was nagenda's uh, partner when she was a general and she's basically not only not the joker but she doesn't give a fuck uh, she, the only thing she wants to do is to kill people and she's basically nuts. The, and she's the most powerful relic wielder in the whole show. That is not me saying they say this from the start. And basically she's immortal. The thing is, right, so her power is that she basically fused. Uh, she drank from the actual demon blood. And she now controls ice. Uh, eventually that culminates in her hidden ability which actually freezes time which is pretty nuts when you think about it but um the thing is right so if we get introduced to her and then we get introduced to her servants there are three guys i don't actually remember her their names uh but simply to simple to say at some point uh burato and tatsumi are sent to a mission that the three guys are there and shit happens and although Tatsumi comes out on top Burato dies <clears throat> and from this point on I can actually say from this point on the anime goes a different direction from the manga the manga uh, develops a whole lot of st more stuff uh, way different from the anime the anime at this point on they kind of do some things that actually happen in the manga but not everything. They adapt a whole lot of stuff. They cut a lot of stuff. They, I don't actually know if they inputted something. They more or less, right? So they adapted it. So they cut something off to put something in. But I don't actually know if they added something that the manga does not show. But anyways, that's not the point. The thing is, Burato uh, dies and passes on uh, Incursio to Tatsumi. And that's basically where the real, real anime begins. When Tatsumi actually becomes the wielder of Incursio, 
starts to train to use it better because apparently uh, using uh, Relic actually strains your body in more ways than physical and mental. In the anime, it doesn't, act doesn't actually show much of it. In the manga, is really more pronounced, let's say. But that, that's not the point. How do I even continue from this? So, from this point on, I cannot actually tell much about the story without... Um, messing up the experience of watching it really for someone that has not watched yet but the thing is right so let's just get to the part of wh where i review the anime really um so what do i think about akamega q um what do i think i think it's a really good anime uh, when you are starting out i think it's really really an incentive to to actually watch more anime like this it is it is well rounded it has a good it has good humor sometimes um jokes up the comedic relief is done well it is edgy when it needs to be edgy it is wholesome when it needs to be wholesome there is two let's say threads of maybe three if you consider it Threads of romance, although they are not really explored at all in the anime specifically. In the manga, they are kinda, but not really. But the, the anime itself, not really explored. Although they are there, which is which is a plus. The For the most part, the anime is pretty good. But as I said, and this is for me a problem, I don't actually like pacing them like this. Because I think it... It lacks showing off the characters. I think um, not, not many, but all the characters are not really uh, developed. Tatsumi goes through some changes sometimes that are just... Um, something happens off-screen time and then he changes. This off-screen time is something that I wish they developed more because... There is no the, not the confrontation with the trauma, let's say the, the trauma, the problem, but uh, it is all done off screen, which is really jarring to me. But still, the the anime shows off a really nice story, really nice visuals. The animation is pretty fluid, although uh, you can clearly see when they cut corners. The um, action scenes are really well choreographed. I don't actually know how to say this in English, but um, it is really well done. Although, again, the animation is not really great. It is serviceable. The music is awesome. I don't actually vibe with this kind of music, but it is pretty good. It is a workable 7-8 uh, in general because it's... It's just well done. I, I give it extra points for being well done, although I, it's not for, for my taste, let's say. And that's more or less it. It's basically it. The anime is pretty good. The story that it uh, tells is pretty good. I don't actually want to continue from this point on because um, the, sentimental, the sentimental weight of the whole story, of the whole things that happen, is better it's better if you just watch it so that's basically it
So if you like what I do, if you like the show, if you like to listen what I have to say, uh, please like, please share, please subscribe depending on the platform you're in. Please join the Discord. Um, I hope you, I hope you liked. Thank you for listening, and I hope you stick around for the next one. Bye.